Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. So this is my last Sunday preaching for you this morning. I hope you've had fun. We've been delighted and blessed to be here as a family, and it seems to have gone just so quickly. David, back in Dalkeith, our church, has, has found the same that things have gone so quickly. But I think it's true that you say, time flies when you're having fun. And we've been blessed as a family to be here to take time out because <clears throat> when you come to another church and you preach at another church, and when we, we, this is the fourth time we've done this in the last 10 years, when you do this, all the church problems that I have are back there. <laughs> And I'm not saying David has problems here, but <laughs> we want to thank you for allowing us to do this, to be able to, to come here and to take, it's, it really is a sabbatical, and I know we're, we're bringing the word and we're, we're, we're doing a little bit of teaching, but the blessings are, are just keep on coming. So we're so thankful that you allow David, your pastor, and myself and our family to come here and to, to enjoy your hospitality in this wonderful country. So this morning we're going to be just concluding a short, a short journey through the first two chapters of Philippians. We're going to be thinking this morning about how when we serve as Jesus serves that we shine like stars. So let, let's Let's read this passage. We're going to go to verse 18. Therefore if, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. 
Now, verse 14, take this one and stick it on your fridge for the week. <laughs> Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. And as you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast, to boast on the day of Christ, that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Amen. Thanks be to God for the reading of his holy word. Now remember, as Paul wrote these words, he was in chains. He was in prison, and eventually he went to his death, sacrificed for his faith and for his Lord. And yet, throughout it all, I hope you've, you've caught this over the last four weeks, he says, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. No matter what we are going through, we are to have joy because of what Christ has done. And of course, that's hard, isn't it? It's difficult. But Jesus is our example, and that's where we're going this morning. But first of all, I'd, I'd like to start with a wee story. I know you enjoy these wee stories. It's probably the, the only thing you remember. <laughs> At least that's what they say back home. But uh, just, just to set the scene, I, I'm dealing in stereotypes in this story, and I'm married to an Irish woman, so I, I, I don't have her permission to do this. But the, the joke is that in Ireland, Paddy's and Murphy's are a bit stupid. That, that's the idea. So, so I'll, I'll try not to do the accent too much either. Um, but there's a story of Paddy and Murphy, and Paddy and Murphy had both bought pigs. But they were struggling because they said, well, how do we tell which pig is which? How do, how do I know that this pig is my pig and that pig is your pig? And Paddy said to Murphy, I'll probably get the names middle up. Paddy said to Murphy, sure, why don't we cut one of the ears off one of them? So Murphy said to Paddy, well, that sounds like a great idea. So they, they, sadly, they, they cut off the ear of the one of the pigs. And they went on fine. So they knew which one was which and, and they were feeding them all and one had one, one ear missing and all that sort of stuff. Then they woke up one morning and one of the pigs had cut off, had bitten off the other one's ear. So there were now two pigs with one ear each. And they said, well, how are we going to tell which one is different? And said, well, why don't we cut one of the ears off the other one? Fine, so one pig, poor pig, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> one pig had no ears and one pig had one ear. Then everything went on fine for a couple of weeks and then suddenly they woke up one morning and the other pig had lost its ear. And Paddy said, Murphy, well, how are we going to tell which pig is which now? What are we going to do? And then Paddy or Murphy or whoever it was said to the other one, well, how about you take the black one, I'll take the white one. <laughs> Folks in Ireland tell that about Jock and Tam in Scotland. 
This morning, we want to think about how we can shine like stars, how the humble service of Jesus is an example for us. Of course, too often we, we live out our lives looking for our rights, don't we, about whose pig is whose and, and all that kind of stuff, about what we deserve and what our rewards should be for what we have done. And when we think of Jesus, we see that Jesus, more than anyone, deserved to be glorified. He deserved to be exalted. He was the Son of God, but he came to seek and he came to serve. And today, if you are a Christian today, and my heart's prayer is that you are, if you don't know him yet, then please speak to one of us, the elders or or myself, about how you can know him better. But if you are a Christian today, I wonder how different would your life be if you hadn't met with Jesus? Or if Jesus hadn't come, what would your life be like? What would be your purpose, your motivation? What would your relationships and your behavior, what would they look like today? So we remember Paul, as he writes these words, is in the prison in chains. And in verse 2, he says, Would you make... My joy complete, complete as he's awaiting death by imitating Jesus and living as a servant. Now, put yourself just for a little while in Jesus' place. I'm, I'm not asking you to think of yourself as God, but put yourself in Jesus' place. The Son of God, part of the Trinity, there from the beginning, and his next step was to confine himself to a human body. Fully God, fully human. And yet he gives up so much to become human. It's almost like you or I becoming a dog or a cat or a sheep or a pig. To take all that we have and becoming something less. Would you manage Would you manage that if you had to give up all that you had so that you could go and serve? How does Paul define it? Well, you look in verses 1 to 4, that you would make his joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in mind, to not do anything out of selfish ambition or conceit, but to value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. It seems to me that he's saying that as we serve, as we love, as we are humble, it's not about ourselves, but how we can look to others in service. C.S. Lewis said that humility is not thinking of yourself less, but thinking less, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And as Christians, as salt and as light, that's what we're called to do, to treat others with respect and honor, no matter what. That is humility. I, I, I once preached on humility at our church back home. <laughs> someone 
someone, I, don't, I still don't know if they were joking or not, but someone came up to me at the end and said, humility has never been a problem for me. And that highlighted exactly what I was trying to say. Because <laughs> we think of ourselves too much, don't we? We are absorbed by ourselves, if not all the time, most of the time. But we find the solution with Jesus. In verse 6, this amazing, and it was one of the, the, the theologians tell us that this was an early hymn that Paul grafted into this letter that he took a hymn that was being sung in the churches or spoken or, or declared, and he, he, he just grafts it into his letter from verses 6 to 11, where Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Jesus willingly gave it up. He didn't demand his rights as God, although he could have. And we live in a world where we expect our rights. You know, we, we pay good money, we do our job, we expect to be rewarded. And when we do that with God, we're no longer in the realm of grace, we become part of the realm of rights. So if we are demanding... Thank you. We'll pray for those who are being served there. But when we demand our rights, we no longer live in the world of grace. We live in a world where if we get our rights, others are able to get the rights from us. But if we live in the world of grace, in the realm of grace, we let God do the business and we serve Him. He could have come as a king. Jesus could have come with all guns blazing. But he came to the filthy stable and the manger. How often we demand from God and from others. How different it would look if Jesus demanded his rights. And so I want to ask you a little question. In what areas are you tempted are you tempted to seek your own honor? In what areas are you tempted to demand your own rights? Where does selfish ambition take over? And Jesus faced the same things. Jesus faced the same things. When he was taken <clears throat> into the desert, he was tempted with power and dominion and authority. And what did he do? He pointed to the Word, and he pointed to Jesus. He pointed to God. He pointed to the Father. We are parents. We have three wonderful children. But there are certain phrases that we have never spoken. Phrases like, it's okay, darling, leave that light on all night. It will not be a problem. Or perhaps... Let's have a smell of that shirt. Oh, yeah, it's fine. That'll do another week. <laughs> or how about go ahead, take in that stray dog. We will look after it forever. 
No, I don't have a tissue. Just use your sleeve. You know, there are certain phrases that parents, that friends will never use, that no matter what, there are certain things that you will not say because with love comes obedience. As you love, you obey. You may be a single person this day and there will be freedoms that you have that those who are married do not have. And it's the same way with Jesus. You may live a life of freedom without Jesus, doing everything that you want to do. When you come to Jesus, when you enter into that covenant, there are things that you no longer do. In the same way that you wouldn't cheat on your spouse, you don't cheat on Jesus. And what I mean is that when you come to Jesus, there is love, but there is also obedience. That as we come in love and we receive the love of the Father through Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit, as we receive that love, he calls us to go and to trust and obey. And what does that obedience look like? It looks like Jesus going to the cross. And as he went to the cross, we discover in verses 9 to 11, God's response to that humility. He exalts Jesus. And one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And when we look at the cross, when we see Jesus broken and bloodied, it should break our hearts. And I think this is the key to why we should serve. Because of what Jesus has done for us, because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. We went to Oberammergau just at the beginning of June with a church group. And as we watched Jesus nailed to the cross and hung up before the crowds, it again broke my heart to remember what he has done for us. That is the key to why we should bother. And if we are serious about Jesus, Paul is simply asking us to do what Jesus did. As we grow to know him, we become more like him. And that changes us to do what he did out of gratitude. As we humble ourselves, we leave the exalting to God. God sees us. God sees what's going on. And he will do the exalting. We don't have to do it for ourselves. Verses 12 and 13. Work out your salvation. Work out your salvation like being in a gym. God has given us the membership, but we have to exercise the muscles that he has given us. And it's fascinating that a way to express a humble frame of mind is with fear and trembling. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul speaks of how he came to the Corinthians with fear and trembling. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, it says that Timothy 
as he came to the Corinthian church, he was received by them with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling is a wonderful way to express humility. So, how do we do this? How do we serve? How are we to be humble? Well, you get it. You get it as we come to the next part of this passage, where you read at verse 14, which I told you just to put on your fridges. How are you to be different? No grumbling. Has anyone grumbled this week? Even in Coronado, has anyone grumbled? Has anyone argued this week? I have. The, the, the fascinating... <laughs> In, in Dalkeith, where we live, we, the church and the, the house are separate. The, the, the house is, the manse is about 10 minute walk away from the church. So, and we've also got double glazing. I don't know, I, do you need double glazing in Coronado? Double glazing to keep out the cold. And no one can hear us argue there. <laughs> I'm pretty certain that as people walk past, we try and behave on a Sunday morning. But... We, we argue all the time, and often it's about nothing. But the role of obedience, Paul says, is to not grumble, to not argue. And just as that may be for you and your friends, your family, so it is for the church. And also no boasting, no putting yourself forward. It all ties in. What, Jesus is, what Paul is saying is be like Jesus and only boast in Jesus. Jesus has done it all for us. We can only give him the glory and not boast about ourselves. And then we will shine like stars. Thanks, Jay, for mentioning the, the telescope and the amazing pictures that have been released over these last couple of weeks of the universe and how vast it is. But we remember the covenant of Abraham where we will we'll outnumber the stars of the sky. And in the same way, Paul says we will shine like stars. And what a wonderful witness that is. Paul wants none of it for himself. Even as he sacrifices and gives his all, he rejoices because of his service to others is not wasted. Nothing is lost and nothing is forgotten. And that's the same for us. Everything that you do for the Lord is not in vain. Nothing is forgotten. The Father sees it and it fills the Father's heart with joy. When we see the church being church, when we, seeing, when we see the church loving and caring for the least and the lost, I believe the Father's heart is filled with joy. So what do we do? We, as always, turn to Jesus. And if you want to meditate on what Jesus has done and continues to do, Turn to John 13, where he washed his friend's filthy feet, where he took all the muck and the grime and he served and he bent the knee 
and he loved. Verse 1 says he loved them to the end. Unless I wash you, you will have no part with me. And as you let him wash you clean, go, go and serve and obey and love as he has loved. What we can do for others is what Jesus has done for us. So pray. Pray against the temptation to think more of yourself than you should. Pray for opportunities to love and to serve. And rejoice, folks, because you shine like stars. Rejoice and be glad. Again, I say rejoice. The journeys into joy are found when you bend the knee and serve like your Lord served. You'll find purpose, you'll find peace, you'll find blessings, not by searching for it by yourself, but by bending the knee and washing the feet of those in need. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. That says it all, doesn't it? To trust and obey. The only way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. So may we go from this place. May we love, may we serve, and may we rejoice in the joy that Jesus gives.